Nick, 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 Nick. Here's what I want. Here's here's what I want from you. Here's your gift to me since it's been a hundred years since we've done this. Uh I want you to like put in an all-star performance on not typing while you're talking. That'll be Ah! my new like Ah! I will I will literally I'll mail you a medal uh for I expect that your valor. I Uh, expect that medal in the mail. okay? Okay. Okay. I need it. All right, Nick. We're going to start a mother daggum podcast for the first time in 100 billion years. This is a brand new year that we started a brand new podcast. Stranger Tides and whatnot. Nick, here's where I'm going to start this off. Our tea is bad. My my tea is bad. Your tea? Why is my, your tea bad? Our tea is oh. bad. I don't know why it's bad. Do you know why it's bad? I assume you mean your tea, right? Like the tea that you, like the drink, right? The beverage? My wife, my wife, my wife has been a part of now an international company and they found out that we buy our tea off of Amazon and we're no longer allowed to talk about tea until we fix that. I just, I I don't know, man. I just want to let you know that my tea's bad. Jen understands tea and coffee and I just drink coffee as, as, as she gives it to me or black or whatever, or as like the with the minimal ways that she helps me prepare it or tells me to prepare it has taught me to prepare it there's the words um <laughs> there's the words got it uh and same thing with tea i'm like the most basic tea of all time so hey dude i just said like can you please not type while you're talking and then you're over here just dropping f-bombs so now i have to edit those out like nick i look I, I we talked about how many things I have going, and I really don't want to have to spend an extra 20 seconds to fix your bad mouth. Language, Nick. Language. Welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast board. Phoenix like from the ashes and absolutely like just blown and strewn debris of the podcast that used to be the year we started a podcast. I am your co well, yeah, co-host on Stranger Tides Whoa, something something. Jeff. That's I'm your other co-host, Nick. And this is a podcast. We come together once a week, once every other week, once a month, once every quarter. Sometimes, at least. It's, uh, this is your quarterly report. This is your podcasts. quarterly report about some things that we find interesting. Uh, no, it's and just fun. about podcasts, actually. It's just about podcasts. And though it's not, though. so I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Um, okay. So, Nick, I, I just I feel obligated to like address the fact that it has been by my calendar more than more than 14 days since we it's been 47 one years of these. it's also been approximately 47 years since the recent episode and i just would like we're not going to get too far in the details i just would like to apologize it's been crazy i've had school i've had work nick seems to think that he has things too but i didn't really care about any of his problems because my own things were too much and so i was available most of the time, the, <laughs> most of the time I was available. Yeah, Nick, sometimes, I, sometimes Nick is challenging uh, to find a time with. That has not been the case for the last like two, I, three months or whatever it's it, been. What, what I would say is, I would have been. You know, like how when um, when, when you know how like when some like you you roll out the guy at the end of the bench who's just there because he's a locker room presence <laughs> and he's just like a, a husk of his former self and you're like ah i mean like udonis haslam is my guy right now it's like ah there he goes remember 13 years ago when he was serviceable and now it's just like he's the old crotchety man that like we just keep around because he makes the young guys feel like they're connected yeah to that's or definitely a, a, that, that, 
we can that all was, draw. Is what I would have been. I would have been from like this metaphor. I, but my point, I, I would have been that guy. Like I would have just been like, yes, yes, I am here. I functionally, ah, uh, uh, good one, Jeff. Like I would have said nothing. I would oh, have had man, no I energy. Check the box of being here, Nick exactly. Ager. I did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, lucky for you, Nick. I couldn't even pretend to check any boxes because time is limited, and uh, so is the amount of podcasts we can release when those things are true. So, but I, I mean, I for one am extremely excited to hang out and talk about things and do podcasts because uh, the the amount of time I've had for just self indulgence, uh, su- such self indulgence as talking to a friend, has been uh, on hiatus, just like this podcast was unofficially on. So excited to do that. But I just want to acknowledge the fact, yeah, it's been a hot minute, and we're going to do it again. Such self-indulgence as, checking my notes here, um, (laughs) having a conversation for one hour every other week with a friend. (laughs) Yeah, right. Such self-indulgence. I mean... you are I, really, you're really uh, living that like, uh, what's the word? Uh, hedonistic lifestyle, there, my friend. Oh, like man. You, you've, you've gone yeah. over, the, uh, over the top. It's it, it's honestly shameful. I just, uh, but you know, we, we're all working through things, and this is the thing that I'm working through. Um, let's see, Nick. I forgot how to do podcasts. Let's. Uh, you figure it out. Okay, so. I don't know. I guess one thing that we used to do on this podcast back in the day uh, is I talk about how I hurt myself. Um, Nick, guess how I... I, I, I you've been hurting yourself I'm gonna, I'm gonna, been gone. I'm going to do the best the best part of this podcast that I, I definitely know has always been successful and not just completely pointless use of time, where I'm going to ask you to guess how I've hurt myself literally today right. uh, so there you in are. a new way. In an first, arm wrestling time. Con- first time. Uh, in an arm wrestling contest with the strongest man in the world, right? Whoa. I don't know who that is. Right? Whoa. And there you whoa, were, whoa. right? About to take him on. You'd been practicing your form. You'd been lifting. You'd been doing curls. I think curls were probably... Is it... Is it by, I don't know. Who, who could say? I don't know what, what part of the say. arm is is, activa- is activated when you're doing... Irrelevant uh, uh, when you're doing arm wrestling concepts. Who could... Nobody knows. Okay, but you were there you were with the strongest man in the world. And he, as a silly, silly prank... Right, he didn't give you any resistance, so you just slammed your arm too hard into the ground, and that is what into the table, and that is how you got hurt. That is my okay, guess okay. For well, how you Nick, got hurt. first off, how can I arm wrestle myself? I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Sorry, I laughed at my own joke. I had to take a minute. <laughs> Dork, I love it. Oh, that's You're such, such a, good, a Oh man, that's, that's such a really dad. Good. That's the most. <laughs> that's the most dad joke I've you've said. ever said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, why God. did we wait so long to get this back roll? Okay, I don't know. Who no, so I woke up. Okay, actually, let me back up. I have a lot of things that I plugged into a lot of outlets, and so I went and I looked up like uh, there's got to be some thing that I can have more than two outlets to the outlet. I know you can have like the little the no, strip, the power strip, or power whatever. Strip. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you did it. But like I didn't want to just have those like strewn about. So there's a couple split, a couple spots, and I bought a thing on Amazon, and I give that a ten out of ten review for first off how easy it was to install, and second off how useful it is. Um, what about a 10 out of 10 on how much it can hurt you? Well, so that didn't hurt me at all. 
But that's good. I did all that. That was fine. No big deal. Basically, all you do is just unscrew the plate off of the the power in, or the the outlet, and then you put this new plate, quote unquote, that plugs into the outlets itself. But then you screw it in, so it's nice and tight, and then you can have more things plugged in. Especially if it's like low power situations, and you don't you want to keep things nice and neat. It also has like four USB outlets things that were just it, it was perfect for what I needed it for. Anyways, long way to say, that got me like on this weird, <laughs> I get on these like little uh, trips. This is a beautiful thing about owning your own house is you can do weird customizations that are just perfect for you and nobody else would care about. But um, there was an outlet that was in our closet, like in our master bedroom, the master closet, um, that for whatever reason, the original owner had switched it over to be like uh, the start of a switch for um, like a smart home, something, something from like probably 2006 and like... But it had no outlet. It was literally just like a GFCI blank. Like you couldn't do anything with it. And I'm like, what the frick is this? So anyways, I looked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's just a thing that you could do if you're going to use this type of home automation, which we certainly had no intention to do. So I was like, well, I want this to be outlet. It's going to be in our master closet. There's a, like, we have a little towel warmer we got for Christmas and we thought it would be stupid, but then we, well, especially Katie really likes it and I'm guiltily kind of like it too. And so... Um, we wanted to be able to plug it in without having it like a stupid extension cord from our bedroom to the thing. Anyways, this is a long, man, this is a long wind up. Um, so I go and shut up. I'm no a stranger to doing electrical stuff. I finished all the electrical in our basement, uh, definitely super legal and on the up and up. And then, so like, it was not foreign to me to do yeah, such yeah, things. Yeah. Well, and that, you can always tell one of those when somebody says so. Anyways, continue. Right. Yeah, of course. And, <laughs> and then, so I went downstairs, I turned off the, uh, the breaker to our bathroom and I went upstairs and I have my like little magical thingamajig that tells me if there's electricity there or not. And it said there was no electricity. And uh, then I went to take everything apart. And one thing I've learned from my dad uh, in doing construction of any sort, especially with electricity, is unless you absolutely have to, pretend that it's still hot even if it's not. And so I was still playing pretty careful around the wires. No reason to touch things I don't have to touch. Um, right. so I, I had taken apart, I took it off the old piece of junk thing that I wanted to replace and I was going to screw in just a regular outlet and I put in one part of the live wire and was about to put in the other. And, uh, I accidentally had the ground wire touch the live wire, which was touching my pinky and oh. I shocked the poop out of myself. <laughs> so Nick, I shocked myself. I, the, the, I, I don't recommend it. Um, the, the voltage I- that comes through out outlets is okay this sounds very painful is is it a lot is the voltage that comes through outlets a lot yeah it's it could it's it could be deadly um thankfully i just grazed it and was being very careful like i because like the worst thing you could do is shock yourself in a situation where you're because uh, like the dash the natural uh reaction is that your hand clamps down and right your hand can clamp onto the live item and that's very bad um but anyways, the, uh. yeah, it was it was very unpleasant, which caused me to be first off uh, very awake. Uh, you know, I'm a big coffee guy. Uh, there's nothing that will awake you more than touching a live house uh, wire. So 
Uh, if you ever feel the need to like really quit, I mean, some people talk about like cold showers and stuff like that. I mean, but if you want a like slightly more deadly option, right? Like, but could... but very effective. <laughs> Uh, so I was very awake. Yeah, There's trade-offs with everything, right? There's a risk with everything. You sure, agree, right? exactly. We could all die from a caffeine overdose. It's extremely likely. Nobody's done it, but <laughs> you never know. Um, but one of the one of the things I wanted to understand was uh, the little electricity sensor thing. Um, why did it not tell me that there was electricity here? Because I definitely was careful about that. Um, and I had tested it before I tested the breaker, and it showed me electricity was there. So then when I came back, um, the uh, electricity was not there, according to it, and so I thought it was fine. It had chosen that time to have its batteries die, so I replaced the batteries, okay. and then it definitely knew that there was electricity there. So that's like, you know, sometimes you hear like the old adage that uh, two is one and one is none. I have now that new application of that is especially applicable when it comes to sensing whether Wait. or not electricity is there. Is my is my brain just small? What does that fr- phrase mean? Two is one and one is not. It means if you don't have two of something, you actually have none of something. Because if you only have one of something, uh, it could go away at any point. It's like toilet paper. Yes. If you have one roll of toilet paper, you have no rolls of toilet paper because that thing could roll. That okay. that could that could yeah, run yeah, out yeah, at any okay. point, and then you're out of, you're out of luck. And that so makes perfect sense. Th- in this case, yeah, I only had one electricity sensor thing in the jig, and I used it, and it didn't show electricity. But what I should have done. Was have two and then both test them and see that they both did that. But of course, you know they both could run out of battery or whatever. Anyways, that's not interesting. All right, shock myself with electricity. Um, a new intro. Hold on, hold. Okay, okay, okay. I okay. I just want to know how in the world you thought I was gonna guess that. <laughs> I didn't, Nick. Nick, that's the whole that's yeah. the whole reason why like, it doesn't work. Good job. But we haven't podcasted in a hundred years. And you're like, oh <laughs> man, I was out there hurting myself. You know, uh, chopping onions again like I did the last six times. I'd be like, okay, well, you know what? I, I probably should have caught on to the pattern. But Jeffrey, <laughs> asked me this out of, to guess. It's like an elaborate story about <laughs> the, thing, the thing you used, the, 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 the meter that you used I to just measure thought, I, just thought we were, I just thought we were close enough, you know? Maybe there was a chance. I've, You're like, figured out. Just, I was giving those vibes out to the universe, and maybe you'd be you picking know, them up. But you know, really, apparently I not. Really That's fine. I for that. Yeah, that's fine you know i won't hold it against you my psychic connection's pretty weak today i apologize yeah that one, Jeff. I, I mean you know I, i'm a real big psychic guy uh so that i mean it is hurtful but i'll move past it you know it's been a long time since we podcasted so gotta gotta move move forward Which, i should just like start asking you to guess the names of the person that i ran into jeff jeff guess the name of the neighbor that i talked to earlier on the way in uh the 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 rude guy Oh, the nice one. Oh, the nice one. Uh, nice. nice one's James. Yeah. There's there's no James around here. What the hell are you talking about, dude? What's oh. wrong with you? Why, why don't you pick up the vibes I was sending into the universe? Uh, no, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Charles? <laughs> nope. Uh, uh, you're sure it wasn't what? James? Are you sure it wasn't James? I'm getting, getting real big James vibes. <laughs> I'm sure, but let's move on. Let's okay. move on. Okay, this is dumb. Um... Nick, the next thing I want to talk about is the Mario movie. Okay, the Mario movie. Um, are, do you have any interest or intention to watch this Mario movie? My nephew is five, and mm-hmm. he's like 
just just all of a sudden i think his friends are interested in mario and so he is like all about it and he's he was telling me all about it today actually when i saw him for the first time in forever um so here's what i learned from uh my he's not five he's four he's four and change uh my four-year-old nephew about uh the mario movie and therefore which has all made me very excited for it um one uh does Bowser go rar? No, Bowser breathes fire. He doesn't go rar. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's Luigi. He's a supervillain. So oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So like, I'm big on that because I'm glad that they're not they're willing to play in the space and that they're willing to uh, experiment with the with the the world because. I think it's cool that they've decided to make Luigi a supervillain according to Jackson. And I think it's cool that, like, you know, they're not just sticking to the tired old script of, like, oh, he kidnaps Peach and then Mario and Luigi got to do stuff and Mario is a good guy and Luigi's the scaredy good guy. Like, switch it up. Luigi can be a supervillain. Why not? Yeah, it definitely doesn't follow the trope that you described and Luigi is definitely a supervillain. Definitely, definitely head nod wink. Um, Jackson, Jackson has no reason to lie to me. Yeah, all I know. That's true, and certainly couldn't be uh, persuaded of any untruths <laughs> at any point Correct. about this. Yes. Um, so, so here's the reason. Are you calling him a liar? I, Nick. I, if anything, I called him a person who had opinions <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I've, I've derailed this too much. No, with, it's with fine. An offhand comment. So here's here's one thing I will say. First off, um, actually, what's the right way, what's the right order to tell how I feel about the movie itself or how I feel about how it all led up to and then. So you saw you saw it with your son today uh, with your son. Um, so all family, whole family went today. Hey, so Alice, Avery, and Katie, and I, we all went to go watch the the Mario movie today. So this is this is fresh. I, I guess I'll I'll give some background. the The timing of this movie, I literally, I do not think there will ever be a time in my son's life that he is more excited about Mario. That's so cool. Than right now. And, and I know he's a, I know he's kind of a Mario guy, right? Like you guys play um, the Mario, whatever the hell it's called. So together. we've been playing Mario 3D World off and on for the past like three months, I would say. Um, okay. And also, I thought you played it a lot longer than that. Um, we you used to play it. That might have been one where we like started playing and then like really dropped off because it was like too hard for just where he was at. Yeah, 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 totally. Um. I was going to say how impressive that is that he was playing that at like three or whatever. Well, like five or four. Yeah, five. So I think we 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 might have started that like we might have had like a little false start when he was five. Like just getting through the first like level is a whole different thing than getting through all 12 or whatever it is. Gotcha. Um, but anyhow, like he's definitely, definitely capable of playing it now. And I would say like 80% of it he's done all by himself. And then like I'll come in and play. Um, nice. Like when he gets to hard parts or whatever, and we'll like tag team it. Uh, well, which Mario 3D World is great because I can just hop in and out and like has no impact on anything. He can, um, this is it's very seamless. And like right there, then and there, I'll just like pause and say, um, I never appreciated uh, the flexibility that games that kids can play, like well, like well done design is like a hundred out of a hundred appreciation for that. Um, Like the fact that my son can play a video game and if I want to, I can just hop in. Literally, there's no loading screen or anything. I literally just hit L and R on the controller and then I pick my character and I'm there with him. There's no, nothing that needs to be done. And then when I'm done, I don't have to do anything to leave. Like that is chef's kiss on playing a video game with a kid. 
Um, for sure. So much, much appreciated. But anyhow, um, my son has been way into Mario because we're getting really, really close to beating that game. And, um, and that's just the sort of personality he has. Like he really gets into certain things and waves and then, you know, ebbs and flows. I think probably lots of kids are that way. Um, so this is, like I said, this is the perfect timing because he's way, way into it. And when we told him and Alice this morning that today was the day that we were going to go watch the Mario movie, um, literally, I, I mean, it's like second Christmas for them. Like they, they both had uh, just absolute excitement going into everything, which as a parent is the most adorable thing ever. Um, so you can only imagine going into the, uh, the movie itself. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Uh, it's super fun to be able. And also like Mario was definitely a thing that I've spent a lot of time playing also. So like, you know, like it's, it's not like, uh, I mean, it's it's the same. It's not a, gonna be built for you by any means but like if you've especially if you've been playing it a lot with your kid like you can get an appreciation out of the jokes and the the environment and seeing it in that format right like it's cool yeah so go into the movie just i'm more honestly it's one of those situations where i'm i'm more excited for my son to watch it than i am for myself to watch it by like yeah a, a, like a order of magnitude difference um but so so we go in and you know we're excited and I, I even downloaded the stupid Run P app or whatever it's called where you can find out when the right times to go to the bathroom are because Lord knows my kid's gonna have to go to the bathroom so don't don't want to miss any of the important or fun parts um, and you know we we get get sat down get our popcorn and whatnot and are starting the movie. And here's what I'll say about the movie. Um, overall, there are I mean there are there's like the 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 there's like a maybe 30 or 40 minutes point at the beginning that like, man, that's a slow build. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's really taken a while to get going. Um, but then Nick, the amount of fan service to my son <laughs> that this movie did was genuinely like, like I was almost <laughs> emotional with how excited he was about it. Like, ah. Not not to be too spoilery, but a big part of um, the 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 movie, or sorry, a big part of the game we're playing right now, Mario Three D World, which I didn't even realize came out like ten years ago. It's crazy. Um, the a big part of that is there's like a little you know Mario. He has his little power ups where he can get like the the fire power one, or he can get like the little uh, raccoon thing. Um, but the thing in that game is he can be a cat. Um, so like, and that's a huge through line throughout the entire game is like the cat mode is like the most powerful thing. And there's a part of the movie where Mario gets the cat suit and like the, I looked over at my son and the, just the, the pure happiness, like it was, it was the most adorable thing. Um, and then so like that was definitely like just a me and Avon thing, but then there's another part later on where they there's like a Mario Kart fan service thing, which uh, that is a thing that all four of us have done as a family, like played some Mario Kart together. Awesome. And they're like building their their carts, and it's like the like there are so many like uh, exact lifts from the actual most recent Mario Kart game, like with how <laughs> you like pick your cart and pick the little parachute thing. And again, like that was fun too, because Alice was, uh, she was aware of the fact that that was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is how we play Mario Kart. Um, like, oh my goodness gracious. It was so, so fun. And also that part of the, the part of the movie 
um, that I mentioned with, with the 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 cat costume part, like that point on, that it's like that is a genuinely entertaining movie. You do have to get through the first like forty minutes, and the storyline is nothing. But if you've ever played <laughs> yeah. any Mario game ever, like it is, it is super just, fun. That that's the thing. So uh, I think like proper kids movies are never really gonna make like I don't know like a kid's attention span, a kid's uh, desires, like the way that the, the like you do everything. It's not really, you can't really do like a perfect, like, oh, it appeals to five-year-olds and it appeals to adults, right? But like, whatever, if you just go in with the expectation of like, I'm here with a kid and they're having a great time and I'm going to enjoy like seeing this thing animated, like you can have good animation, right? Yeah. Like, and, like you can have good, like, oh, this is the, the thing that I grew up uh, playing and like know in my heart and like have a, a, a meaningful uh, not like connection, but like a meaningful understanding of like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. It's super cool. And I will say, you know, in the same spirit of things, uh, the original Lego movie came out in 2014. So, uh, like just like basically nine years ago, I think that one is a kid's movie that like was, is shockingly hilarious. Is, so is it a kids movie? I, I I like saw it with my friends or my I think my coworkers. I don't really remember. Uh, I saw it with people that were adults, and I was in my mid twenties at the time. <laughs> so like I kind of just like yeah, there's like silly silly jokes. Do you feel like the Lego Movie appealed to like Avern and, and them? I mean, we watched it as a family. We had like a little theater day um, where we like rearranged our basement furniture to like be in the shape of a theater, and we watched Lego Movie, and okay. they loved it. Um, and I and I loved it, and so like I think well, there, awesome. Okay, I think there are like certain ways that you can really make it work, um, but it, that's really hard to do. Like, there's not a lot of examples of that uh, that that really knock that out of the park. And I will say, uh, <coughs> I don't. I consider this movie fifty percent good and fifty percent mediocre at best. But it knocks it out of the right. park for kids' entertainment. Um, yeah. Like, if I was my son, well, like, the, the most adorable thing about it all, like, first off, I, I cannot understate, like, how adorable it is to look over at your kid and see him be just, like, in shock at, like, how excited he is about the thing that's happening because it's the thing that, like, he's familiar with or whatever. Like, it's so, so cute and, like, so Too cool. fun. Like, it definitely made every little bit of the, you know, initial uh, half hour, uh, like, and honestly, like, he had a blast during that half hour. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, I, yeah. it's, it was, I, there's lots of people online with lots of opinions on such. Like, it's objectively not, a, it's not a great first half of a movie. And, totally. And I would totally. say, like, objectively, it's a pretty fun back half of a movie. It's not, like, you know, overly complex plot or anything. But it's it's entertaining and fun and funny. Um, so, like, yeah, it's it's enjoyable there. But, like, you know, it it's a Mario movie. It's meant to be, you know, a little bit of fan service, a little bit for kids, somewhere in between. And it, it, it hits its stride eventually, but it's not, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's not a masterpiece. But genuinely fun and afterwards uh having your kids say well he he was like that was the funnest movie i've ever watched and that's just oh it's fantastic he's like dad how long until we can watch it at our house i'm like i don't know i think it's on peacock eventually so we'll we'll watch (laughs) it sometime like the next couple months but um he immediately wanted to just watch it again and it was just super cute and um that's awesome had a blast so anyways kid People that make video games accessible for kids, 
10 out of 10 thank you and the movie equivalent of that that you know they they turn those things into uh, adaptations that are just a huge huge highlight of our you know the summer that's not even summer yet we're just getting warm here in kansas but like just to be able to have that little walking into the theater and it's not you know negative 40 degrees like it has been lately (laughs) and it's actually warm and just having that experience was just so cool um so that's awesome man yeah martin two thumbs up not the best movie in the world but definitely the uh, super super fun that's awesome that's what matters all right nick um the actual thing i want to talk to you about today yes um so first off are you uh man i don't know how much i want to go into this first part i'm just gonna we're gonna see how see where we land but um are you aware of the crew announcement for artemis 2 the artemis 2 mission no okay i'm not so the artemis you're gonna want to pull up discord because i'm gonna send you a picture okay and i'm gonna give i'm gonna so this is the things that are fun and interesting to us i'm gonna I'm going to look over the precipice of uh, things that I think are despicable, and it is people's reaction to this at first uh, in broader media. Ah. Um, Okay, there we go. All right, so, Nick, this is the Artemis II crew. The Artemis II mission itself um, is going to be not the the moon landing but a moon fly very 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 close to uh they're gonna fly around the moon and come back uh and prep for artemis 3 which will be the next actual humans on moon mission um (coughs) again using my podcast trope of asking you what do you think the internet and media had to say about this picture of the announcement of these astronauts i i I, uh i i am aware a little bit more of the internet than i am of like like what you've done just like at home um <laughs> yeah. but uh hey jeff i see a uh, i see a uh, black man and a, i see a uh, a woman there and um i think that that's just unacceptable is what i think yeah so here's the thing that i would like to i just i don't feel the need to get on my soapbox often but this is my soapbox and i want to get on it none of none of us have any idea who any of these people are Okay, and the fact that you, so wait, many people are you not an expert on the qualifications of being an astronaut for moon landing missions or moon probing missions? <laughs> or are you not an expert on that? Job? So here's all I will say on the topic. Yeah. Look, none of us know who any of these people are. The fact that so much of the internet made a, an extreme point to say. The, the only reason why two of these people are on this mission are for diversity purposes. I think you need to find a place where you can go that is not connected to the internet for a very long time and find some other way to spend your time. Because I think you need to find Jesus. Is what you think you need to find. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday this week. There's no better time. I, I legitimately think that there is no grosser thing than to say that these extremely talented individuals only got to go on this mission because of the, it was a diversity quota. And and you know what, Nick? Let's play devil's advocate here. Let's say that it was. Like, absolute worst case scenario. Is is it really the worst thing in the world that we tell women Actually, yes. and people of color that they can to do things like go to Mars or go to the moon? And no, no, no actually, for sure, for sure, yes, Jeff. Like for sure, for sure, it's like it's like actually like eroding the society or something. 
that's what's happening. It's like we've just destroyed our society because uh, a uh, because a single mission will be manned by only two white men. <laughs> well, how, of, how will we handle it? Only, if only only fifty percent. Half, half the crew is is white dudes. How will we handle correct. it? Yeah. Look, I and look, I again, I don't. I, obviously, I don't work at NASA's crew selection committee. I don't know all the actual details that have gone into this. But, like, come on, Internet. Like, these people are incredibly qualified. So much of this is going to come down to incredibly nuanced, like, who's the best person to go on a mission is, is like, the, the tiny – you have the best of the best of the best of the best to choose from. You're splitting hairs at a certain point. They all four of these people are incredibly qualified individuals. We're not uh, anyway. <coughs> I found that just disappointing. I I'm very disappointed in you, Internet. Like we're better than this. Come on, this isn't like a thing where we were predicting a particular set of people to go, and then we were shocked when it was somebody else. Like this is again, none of us knew who any of these people were. The you we should just be happy for them to be able to go circle the moon. Uh, stop being so stupid. There's so many other things to care about. Um, anyways, my my rare soapbox uh, at which I get on and say get better people. Anyways, I'm gonna talk about Margaret Hamilton, um, the engineer, not the actress. Um, are you? Ah. Do you do you know anything about Margaret Hamilton before I get into this? You probably there's a very good chance you've seen this picture before, uh, which I'm going to uh, try to post in chat. I have, I yeah. have. So uh, for our listeners, um, the picture that I've sent Nick is a picture of a woman, and she is next to a uh, let's I mean going by averages here, let's say a five foot six pile of paper. Um, which is just the stack of all of the code that she That's wrote what I was say, for that NASA. Code. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically for the Apollo 11 mission, it's all printed out, and that's how big it is uh, when it's printed on paper and stacked up. So she she did a lot, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, hold on, just a second here. So Margaret Hamilton. Um, first off, it's it's. As a person who has written lots of code in their life, the fact that you can write enough code that it is as tall as you are, that's um, a lot of printed code. off, that's a lot of code. And she didn't like write all of that. Like she was just over the team that did a lot of that. But still, nonetheless, that is extremely <laughs> an impressive amount. Um, it's, it's a lot of code. Yeah, it's that's it's a lot. Um, so she was the uh, leading software team for Apollo Eleven. Uh, which is baffling to think that back in the 60s uh, as a woman being uh, in charge of the team that wrote all that. Um, she was the director of software engineering division at MIT, and that's where she did all this work, more or less. And um, the thing that was most interesting about her is she was very passionate about uh, like writing code for redundancy or for like when th something doesn't go wrong, automatedly being able to handle whatever the exception was, um, which, you know, as you might imagine, when you are Useful. trying to fly something to the moon in the 60s, uh, being able to have things handle stuff themselves, as opposed to getting instruction from humans or from somebody who's, you know, a couple light minutes away uh, or light seconds away uh, back in Houston, um, you know, that that's a very beneficial thing. <clears throat> so that was kind of our focus. We'll dive into exactly how that came to fruition and why it really mattered as much as it did. Um, <clears throat> but a couple other things about her. Um, have you ever heard of the uh, the term 
software engineering, Nick? No. No, no, never. That's a new one. Not a single that's a new time. one. <laughs> so uh, she was <laughs> obviously joking. Uh, she was the uh, one who coined software engineering, and like the idea behind that was she wanted to like lend credence to the fact that though it may not be physically what's happening to these uh, these rockets, uh, it is engineering nonetheless. It requires a rigorous process of design. Uh, it requires testing. And even though it might not be, you know, in a wind tunnel or whatever, it still requires that same level of process. Um, yes. So, like, really lent a huge amount of credence to uh, software engineering uh, in, the, in, in the 60s. And then... Um, uh, later on, so as unfortunately with a lot of these things, a lot of the people uh, like her uh, that were kind of a an underrepresented group in something like NASA, um, being a, a woman uh, software engineer, uh, she wasn't really recognized at the time uh, to the extent that she ought to have been. Uh, we she did win the Presidential Medal of Freedom in uh, early 2016, which uh, is the you know ba- uh, depending on you know details a little bit, but like that's like the highest civilian honor for people in the U.S. Um, and that was for her work on the Apollo program again, specifically pretty freaking cool in Apollo 11. Um, <clears throat> but here's I just first off I love the fact um, that we have. Uh, role models like this for other uh, young women going into fields like this. But the fact that she did it when she did it and the extent to which it really mattered to both, you know, just the the whole uh, field of space flight, the United States broadly and women everywhere. Like, it's just so cool. So, um, like, if she had not had her fingerprints on this, it's hard to say how things would have played out. So in the Apollo 11 moon landing, there was an issue with the uh, the radar system, which is really important for finding in a safe place to land uh, on the on the moon surface. And her, I guess, kind of like to. I was maybe, gonna say very very important. I just didn't want to interrupt your flow, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds very very critical. Everything seems pretty critical when people are real real far away trying to get on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've gotten myself enough through my notes that I don't have to even look at my notes to tell this story because now it just gets to the cool part. Um, So how uh, computers worked back then is you asked a processor like, hey, I I need you to do this calculation. And the processor would do that in the order in which it receives those requests. And that's just how it was. Uh, Nowadays, like right now, if you have a Windows PC and you open Task Manager, you can actually like right click on a process and like say like make it high priority or whatever and that will give it priority on like CPU usage um RAM usage whatever that whole concept did not exist prior to her and uh what her whole idea was is that when if there's ever an instance where we have too much coming to the process because there's then especially the processing power is extremely limited and so like her whole advocacy was that we should have uh, we should come up with a priority system so that if there's an unexpected issue and there's only so much processing power to to be to be happening that that there is a priority, an order in line, uh, so that if there's like a small error, uh, that it does not cause other things to not happen. 
or to slow down to the extent that this is foundational man it's absolutely it's incredibly foundational when you're trying to land something on the moon remotely so like that but it's yeah, also but like, foundational to computer science in general. That's what I was gonna, that's what I was saying is like I mean I'm not so I I'm not like a, a, the the greatest uh, developer or anything of the sort but like uh, I, I'm prioritizing tasks is critical. It's like to say that it's critical is like the the understatement of understatements. You know what I mean? Like that's ridiculous, man. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Huge. So um what happened in apollo 11 was they had the the radar issue which put a uh they put their processor over limit and they because of the prioritization that her and her team had coded into um those giant stacks of paper that you can see in that picture they the the processor only like uh how how they coded the processor to respond in order was based on the priority that they set in the actual request and because of that they the the all minor things took a back seat to figuring out all of the you know all the important things to land a spacecraft uh and because of that they landed without an issue if that hadn't been the case, there are like a couple people who have gone back and like done some forensics on this, and the the processor was uh, over requested by something in the means of around you know fifteen give or take five percent, which you know you think oh, that that sounds like maybe a small number I suppose if you're not familiar, but like. If you're talking it's again, fifteen percent, give or take five or five percent, correct? Yeah, yeah. So like somewhere yeah. in the ten to twenty percent range. But if you're saying like, how long do I need to get the feedback from my uh, request to process how far we are from crashing into the moon, for example, the extra you know two minutes or whatever would be quite bad. So uh, somewhat important. Some 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 say. Um, anyhow, it, like it, you can really dive deep into just all the the impact that she is that she had on that mission specifically, but also um, NASA NASA missions following, and then just the whole field of computer science after the fact uh, when she moved on to other things. Um, just an overall fantastically talented person doing a fantastically complicated job in a time where it was not acceptable to have a female leading an engineering team for people landing on the moon but yet she did it and i think that is awesome and definitely uh definitely deserving of as much attention as she can get because that is it's just so cool and uh, the idea that had she not been so adamant because there was actually a time where she got blown off on some of her prioritization like backup stuff uh and they did not have that in some of the earlier missions and that causes some there were there were a few things that went wrong and um because of that that's what allowed her to make her code allowed to be part of the Apollo 11 mission um had all those things not happened like it's just it's wild to think of how history could be different and yeah for sure i don't know very cool and again not not to get too into the weeds on the negativity of the internet but that's why we should be super excited about people you know like uh Having a, a woman be able to, you know, Christina Koch, uh, the person who's the, the woman going on the Artemis II mission, being super excited about that because that that sets a whole industry, a whole field on a different trajectory for a whole whole subsect of people. And that that's amazing. And um, 
you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Victor Glover is uh, the African-American guy who's going to be flying around the moon, which, again, is just that's a whole group of people that are going to be on a different trajectory because of him, uh, you know, blazing that path forward, which I think is just so something to be incredibly celebrated, just as uh, just as it is to, to celebrate Margaret Hamilton back in the day. Um, anyways. No, that, that's I, I that's my through line to that whole story, but I I think you're completely correct to to draw that through line. Um, I think your analysis is completely correct, and uh, dude, I don't know, that's that's freaking amazing. I, I think uh, like when we think of these uh these kinds of like really large scale projects, it's really daunting to me to think of this as like that code printed out, and to think about like your operating system does all that stuff for you now. You know what I mean? Like, that's yep. just like, it doesn't matter if your operating system is freaking Android. You know what I mean? Like, that, that Android <coughs> prioritizes tasks. And to think yep. that, like, someone had to make that first step, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's wildly impressive. And it's wildly impressive whether, you know, like, that's personally her innovation or it's just like she had the high level, uh, you know, like, conceptualization of that or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Like, the, 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 the team doing that and her contribution to it, whatever... You know, like my, uh, my, like whatever percentage of it is her uh, her contribution. It's it's super important to us long term and our ability to do simple things and awesome things that we do with computers. Um, and I don't think people like really understand the amount of legwork that goes into that. Uh, like most people, um, like I I I feel like once you once you've taken your first computer science course, you're like, oh okay, like coding's not like as daunting as um, movies make it look, where a hacker is sitting there typing 300 uh, words a minute, right? Uh, like into a into a command console, and like sure, there's people typing into command consoles, but you know what I mean. Um, most of us can, but like most of us, most people do not know how to write any code. Like that's an absurd amount of of legwork, even even outside of like the innovative part of it, right? Like, I mean, it it's both innovative and an absurd amount of legwork, uh, for accomplishments that like you know ring through to today, man. Like, and and good for the for for uh, Apollo two, and I'm freaking st- uh, stoked to see what comes of it because. I, I think uh, you've illustrated in this this podcast uh, many a time that like you know we get a lot of scientific breakthrough because of um, because of space travel and like yeah. this is a, that, that's a perfect example that was I didn't want to interrupt your flow uh, I'm sorry that I'm like kind of backtracking here um, off of the point about the uh, the Paul two uh, crew but but like you know uh, that is a perfect example if if she's like the first and this is the first like real world application of like really prioritizing tasks and uh, like a, a uh, allocating CPU th- usage, whether it's like threads or what, I don't really know if that would be like what it would be back then or not. But like, yeah, that's a, that's the like that's so so foundational to how uh, like without that kind of innovation, we're nowhere nowhere close to the 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 um the level of performance and uh, technology that we have today. Yeah, and and, and to be concrete about it, because uh, I did dive into this quite a bit. Um, she specifically was the one who had that as a concept and was the person who did that first. Like she is the inventor yep. of prioritization that's, for CPU usage. That's <laughs> that sentence right there is absurd. Which is yeah. which is buck wild because that is how computers work now. <laughs> like like right like Windows and Mac can't do that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like win, or like Windows and Mac can, not can't do that. Like wouldn't exist. They can't not the do, that. To do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. They they if they couldn't do that, none of us would use Windows or Mac. You know what I mean? Like it would just be yeah. it'd be like yeah. 
Um, uh, Mac OS. I'm, I keep saying <laughs> Mac. I don't know why I'm saying. Uh, you know, Mac, the product, as opposed to Windows, the operating system. Sure. <laughs> Nick, Nick Brain Good. But you know my point. Yeah, point taken. Um, one thing I will say, which is kind of a funny point, um, because he's one of the most interesting people on the planet, but uh, the, there will be... So the actual group that lands on the moon, it hasn't been announced yet for Artemis 3. Um, but... Uh, there is strong rumors that we will have our first non-white gentleman on the moon um, in Artemis 3. And it is Johnny Kim. Uh, does that written name ring a bell at all? Because I want to say yes, but I don't think so. So he is a South Korean uh, U.S. resident that uh, is... he So he, he started his uh, career uh, as an adult in the... Uh, he was a Navy SEAL, and then uh, he became a doctor, and now he, oh, he is yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a NASA yeah. astronaut. And, like, he is, Nick, he is six years older than me, so I might be able to try to catch him. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems a little challenging at this point. But, like, he is, like, there will be no internet crap about him not being qualified to go on this mission. Do you want to know what I I don't love about that one right there? Is that, like, he set the bar too high for every single other human being. Like, just, like, on the the list, like, the resume list, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, you know, you might be like, oh, but I'm a CEO. Oh, I innovated the field. Cool. But, like, you did it one time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just, like, swapping up things. He's like, what's the, I mean, like, okay, so this is, uh, you know, uh, physically daunting and okay well what if okay after that what do I do after the incredibly physically daunting and uh, terrifying and uh, you know I, I, I'm doing a terrible job of giving justice to well the, like uh, what uh, you're well, I think like, what's what's amazing about it <laughs> which he could probably justify a whole podcast about himself but like None of those are things like being a CEO, which not to be uh, like a Debbie down on CEOs, but at the end of the day, like that's kind of position and like it's not actually a little ton of work depending on what you're doing. Like, but to be a Navy SEAL, that's incredibly taxing physically and mentally. To be a physician, that's incredibly taxing physically and mentally. To be a NASA astronaut is incredibly taxing mentally <laughs> and physically. Like, there's no, there's what? none of those options where it's like, ah, oh, you could really phone that one in. Whereas, right. Right, you can I was kind of going to say like he, he <laughs> decided on like to, like a really physical, incredibly daunting, terrifying, uh, life threatening career. Then he get, did a uh, one that like you know is incredibly uh, it, it, it requires an incredible amount of education and hard work just to get the the, the yeah. skills for it. And then he's like, "What if I did both of those together?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a, what a but in space, <laughs> but in space. <laughs> um anyways yeah he's a phenomenal he's literally like, he has to be in like the top point zero 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 one percent as far as uh achievement as from a single individual uh yeah, as yeah. a uh, but in, like it's also one of those things like sometimes you see like the 30 under 30 lists or 40 under 40 or whatever and like him being 30 whatever years old like i if I'm not sure not? what Forbes is doing, but if they don't select him as the number one 40 under 40 person, uh, I don't know what else we're all doing here. We're over here freaking playing marbles while he's playing chess or whatever. <laughs> I love it. But anyways, yeah, it. that's good. I mean, and Nick, uh, when it comes time next year for us to have a person on the moon, I don't know that there's anything else we're going to be able to talk about for probably the three months prior and three months after. Like... Uh, if if this was because I of a, will a lose moon my podcast, mind. I'm I'm totally here for it. Honestly, I mean, 
there's not going to be anything else I care about. Like you could talk about NBA stuff all you want. It's just there's I don't care. That's in that's in the the side podcast. I'll be like Jeff, can I have a turn to talk yet? You'll be like, no, <laughs> I'm still talking about. Oh my God. Speaking of the side podcast, if you'd like, um, on the off weeks that we don't do this podcast or the off quarters that we don't do this podcast, there's sometimes a Patreon-only podcast that happens. You can check that out, patreon.com forward slash time Uh It's a good time. It's like this, except for not, but uh, more sports and stuff, typically, or whatever. But uh, yeah, timesap.com forward slash, nope, 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 patreon.com forward slash time and um, and right here on the thing, I haven't done this in a while. You can also follow us at Tywasap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, but not Snapchat. And you can find it, all of that at Tywasap.com. Well, Nick, it's been a while, but uh, thank it you, has. thank you so much for on these strange tides potting with me. It's been been a good good run uh, today, and I've enjoyed it very much. We should do it more me often, too, sir. Probably more yeah. than once every hundred years or whatever it's been. Uh, actually, probably not more than every hundred years. I think every hundred years. Right. Yeah. So, uh, th- thank you, sir. Uh, you're welcome. This has been the year we started a podcast. Thank you all for listening.